Welcome to the BP presentation to the financial community, webcast and conference call. I now hand over to Jessica Mitchell, Head of Investor Relations. Hello and welcome everyone. This is BP's fourth quarter and full year 2013 results webcast and conference call. I'm Jessica Mitchell, BP's Head of Investor Relations. I'm here with our Group Chief Executive, Bob Dudley, and our Chief Financial Officer, Brian Gilvary. Before we start, I need to draw your attention to our cautionary statement. During today's presentation, we will make forward-looking statements that refer to our estimates, plans, and expectations. Actual results and outcomes could differ materially due to factors that we note on this slide and in our UK and SEC filings. Please refer to our annual report, stock exchange announcement, and SEC filings for more details. These documents are available on our website. Thank you, and now over to Bob. Thank you, Jess, and welcome, everyone, wherever you are in the world. Thanks for joining us today. We're here to look back at 2013. It was a busy year and also a successful one. We accomplished a number of important things. We improved our safety record. We had a very good year for exploration, in fact, our best in 10 years. We started up a series of major new projects, both in the upstream and the downstream, In Russia, we created a new future for BP, and at the same time, we released some of the considerable value we generated with our former joint venture, TNKVP. A large part of that is currently used for buybacks, a good outcome all around. And we also announced some significant new investments for the future that we believe will create value for BP for decades to come. In particular, these included the huge Chardonnay's II natural gas project in Azerbaijan, with the associated pipelines stretching well into Europe, and also the giant Kazan project in Oman. We also increased the dividend by 11% in dollars compared to 2012. We are not complacent, but we are pleased with the progress. These are all important milestones on the way to delivering our 10-point plan, and these will all contribute to sustainable growth and free cash flow in the years ahead. What you can see now is a company that has a more focused and stronger portfolio, leading positions in exploration, deep water, and giant fields, and a quality downstream business. And we will continue to play to these strengths. We will do this through disciplined capital investment in a high-quality upstream project pipeline and a downstream that is a strong generator of cash for the group. And we will do all this while maintaining a relentless focus on safety, and reducing operational risk. So turning to today's agenda, we'll start with a summary of our full year results and then look at progress against the 10-point plan. Brian will take you through the details of our results for the fourth quarter. Then I will update you on our safety performance, Rosneft's progress, legal proceedings in the U.S., and our ongoing work in the upstream and downstream. And then we will take your questions. So let's begin with an overview of our full year 2013 results. Our underlying replacement cost profit was $13.4 billion. Post-tax operating cash flow was $21.1 billion. Our organic capital expenditure was $24.6 billion in line with our guidance, and we divested $17.1 billion of assets during the year. Our gearing at the end of the year was 16.2%, which is within our target band of 10 to 20%. We distributed $5.4 billion in cash to shareholders through dividends, and we also bought back $5.5 billion of our own shares, 
These results reflect a number of different factors. Among them are the restructuring of our portfolio through divestments, a weaker environment in the downstream, large working capital bills, and the increased exploration write-offs which have accompanied our ramp-up in exploration drilling. That said, it has also been a year of strong results in our underlying operations, which I will come back to in a short while. We are confident that the full financial momentum from this progress will become clearly evident in 2014 and beyond. To reinforce that point, let me give you another figure. Our reserves replacement ratio for 2013 was 129%, excluding the impact of acquisitions and divestments. If we include the net reserves growth as a result of the repositioning in Russia, the reserves replacement ratio was 199%. I believe this result is a strong indicator of the growing short-term and long-term momentum in our business as we pull through the drivers of long-term growth. Let me update you a little more on some important milestones. As many of you will recall, our 10-point plan consisted of things you could expect and things you could measure, and 2013 has set us up well to deliver. The first commitment was to continue to make safety the top priority, and we're seeing positive results, as you can see in a moment. We also said we'd build a stronger portfolio and simplify the company while playing to our strengths, from exploration to high-quality downstream businesses. And we have delivered on that commitment. We have completed the $38 billion divestment program outlined to you in 2011, and we are now a smaller but much more focused company. The divestments have removed complexity, strengthened the balance sheet, and left us with a more distinctive set of assets. And with our third quarter results, we announced our intention to divest a further $10 billion of assets before the end of 2015. This will further focus the portfolio and provide additional free cash flow from which we plan to increase distributions to shareholders, primarily through buybacks. The successful completion of the transactions associated with TNKBP and Rosneft demonstrated our ability to turn a major challenge into a unique opportunity. It also makes us a 3.2 million barrel per day oil company when adding our interest in Rosneft to BP's own production. While reshaping the portfolio, we also continue to deliver some significant milestones in our businesses. For example, in the upstream, we have continued to reload the exploration portfolio and also made seven potentially commercial discoveries in 2013 in Angola, Brazil, Egypt, the Gulf of Mexico, and India. We also saw a series of high-value upstream projects come online. During 2013, three more projects started up, following the five we started up in 2012. These included the first phase of the BP-operated Atlantis North expansion in the Gulf of Mexico and two more partner-operated assets, the Angola LNG plant and North Rankin II in Australia. And I'm pleased to be able to tell you today that the Shireg oil project in Azerbaijan came online last week and Mars B in the Gulf of Mexico, another oil project, has come online today. In the downstream, we announced last month that all the major units associated with the Whiting Refinery Modernization Project have been brought on stream. We continue to expect the reconfigured refinery to deliver an incremental $1 billion of operating cash flow per year, depending on the environment. So as we end the year, the track record of delivery continues to build. 
We have a much stronger balance sheet, and we are confident of delivering our important goal for 2014, to increase operating cash flow by 50 percent between 2011 and 2014, assuming $100 oil. It is this confidence that enabled us to increase our dividend with our third quarter results in line with our progressive dividend policy. On the 4th of March, we will tell you more about our future plans. We will show you how we plan to continue playing to our strengths to drive material growth and operating cash flow. Coupled with our focus on capital discipline, we expect this to drive continued growth and free cash flow, enhancing our ability to increase distributions to shareholders. Let me now hand over to Brian to take you through the results for the fourth quarter. Thanks, Bob. BP's fourth quarter underlying replacement cost profit was $2.8 billion, down 27% on the same period a year ago and 24% lower than the third quarter. Compared to the fourth quarter of 2012, the result reflected higher non-cash costs, including expiration write-offs and DD&A, a significantly weaker refining environment, and significant divestment impacts, partly offset by improved underlying upstream production in high-margin regions and stronger earnings from Rosneft compared to TNKBP in the same period in 2012. Fourth quarter operating cash flow was $5.4 billion. The fourth quarter dividend, payable in the first quarter of 2014, is 9.5 cents per ordinary share, up 5.6% compared to the same period last year. Turning to the highlights at a segment level, the upstream underlying fourth quarter replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $3.9 billion compares with $4.4 billion a year ago and $4.4 billion in the third quarter of 2013. Compared to the fourth quarter of 2012, the result reflects higher non-cash costs, including expiration write-offs associated with increased expiration activity and higher DD&A, along with some sector inflation. Lower production due to previously announced investments, primarily in the North Sea and the Gulf of Mexico, and lower liquids realizations, partly offset by improved underlying volumes in high-margin regions, a one-off benefit to production taxes, stronger gas marketing and trading results, and higher gas realizations. Fourth quarter reported production, excluding Russia, was 1.9% lower than a year ago, primarily due to the impacts of divestments. On an underlying basis, after adjusting for divestments, and entitlement effects, production increased by 3.7%, partly reflecting new major project volumes in the North Sea, Angola, and the Gulf of Mexico. Compared to the third quarter, the result reflects higher costs, partly due to the expiration write-offs, absence of the one-off benefit in the third quarter related to the Trans-Alaska pipeline system, and lower liquids realizations, partly offset by improved underlying volumes in high-margin regions, a one-off benefit to production taxes, and higher gas realizations outside of North America. 
Looking ahead to the outlook for the first quarter, we expect reported first quarter production to be lower than the fourth quarter of last year, reflecting the impact of divestments and the expiry in January of the Abu Dhabi onshore concession. Turning to Russia, this slide shows our share of earnings from Rosneft and historically from TNKBP. BP's underlying net income related to its Rosneft shareholding was $1.1 billion in the fourth quarter. This compares to BP's share of TNKBP net income in the fourth quarter of last year of $220 million, which included only 21 days of earnings. Compared to the third quarter, underlying net income was up $270 million. The fourth quarter was favorably impacted by the finalization of BP's equity accounting for the year and includes certain adjustments to net income in respect of prior quarters. These effects are partially offset by adverse foreign exchange and duty lag effects and by lower realizations. BP's share of Rosneft production in the fourth quarter was 985,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day, 20,000 barrels per day higher than the previous quarter. In the downstream, the fourth quarter underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax was $70 million, compared with $1.4 billion a year ago and $720 million in the third quarter. The result included a loss of $200 million in the fuels business, compared with a billion-dollar profit in the same quarter of last year. This reflected a significantly weaker refining environment, the absence of earnings from the vested Texas City and Carson refineries, and a weak result from our supply and trading activity, and additional depreciation and startup costs as a result of the Whiting Refinery Modernization Project. This was partly offset by strong refining availability and lower turnaround activity. The lubricants business reported an underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $230 million, compared with $330 million in the same quarter last year. This reflects restructuring charges as we seek to improve the competitiveness of our mature European businesses. The petrochemicals business reported an underlying replacement cost profit before interest and tax of $40 million, broadly flat compared to the same period last year. Results were impacted by the environment, which continues to be challenging, with excess supply in Asia and the United States, partly offset by lower turnaround activity. Looking forward to 2014, we expect refining margins to improve from the level seen in the fourth quarter, but in general we expect the fuels and petrochemicals environments to remain challenging. We also expect an increased exposure to heavy crude differentials in the United States as we ramp up heavy crude processing at the Whiting Refinery. In other business and corporate, the pre-tax underlying replacement cost charge was $610 million for the fourth quarter, an increase of $170 million on the same period a year ago. The fourth quarter result included certain one-off charges compared to one-off benefits that occurred in the same period a year ago. 
The four-year charge of $1.9 billion was within guidance levels and $100 million lower than the previous year due to lower corporate and functional costs. The effective tax rate on underlying replacement cost profit for the fourth quarter was 24.3%. This is lower than the third quarter, reflecting higher income from Rosneft, which is reported net of tax, and a number of one-off favourable fiscal settlements in several jurisdictions related to previous years. The full-year effective tax rate on an underlying replacement cost profit was 35.4%, slightly below our guidance range for 2013. The charge for the Gulf of Mexico oil spill was $190 million in the fourth quarter, primarily reflecting an increase in the provision for legal costs plus the ongoing cost of running the Gulf Coast Restoration Organization. This brings the full-year charge to $470 million. The total cumulative net charge for the incident to date is now $42.7 billion. The charge does not include any provision for business economic loss claims that are yet to be paid. Bob will provide an update on the legal process shortly, but as we advised at the third quarter, it is still not possible to reliably estimate the remaining liability for business economic loss claims. We will continue to revisit this each quarter. The pre-tax cash outflow on costs related to the oil spill for the full year was $1.4 billion. The cumulative amount estimated to be paid from the trust fund remained at $19.3 billion, leaving unallocated headroom available in the trust for further expenditures of around $700 million. In the event that the headroom is fully utilised, subsequent additional costs will be charged to the income statement. At the end of the year, the aggregate remaining cash balances in the trust and qualified settlement funds was $6.7 billion, with $20 billion paid in and $13.3 billion paid out. And as indicated in previous quarters, we continue to believe that BP was not grossly negligent and have taken the charge against income on that basis. Now turning to divestments, our $38 billion divestment program is now complete, and in the first quarter, we also completed the sale of our share of TNKBP to Rosneft for $27.5 billion. Following the receipt of cash proceeds of around $12 billion from the TNKBP transaction, we also announced the share buyback program of up to $8 billion. To date, $6.8 billion of shares have been repurchased for cancellation, of which $5.5 billion were repurchased in 2013. In October, we announced plans to divest an additional $10 billion of assets by the end of 2015 and to use the post-tax proceeds predominantly for shareholder distributions with a bias to share buybacks. So far, we have agreed around $1.7 billion of additional divestments. Now, looking at our full-year cash flow movements, this slide compares our sources and uses of cash in 2012 and 2013. Operating cash flow for 2013 was $21.1 billion, which includes $1.4 billion of pre-tax expenditure related to the Gulf of Mexico oil spill.
Excluding these costs, underlying cash flows of $22.5 billion were also impacted by a net working capital build of around $5 billion. Compared to 2012, a higher working capital build and the impacts of divestments offset the benefits of strong underlying volume growth from the ramp-up of major projects and improved operating efficiency in the upstream business. In the fourth quarter, we received $400 million of divestment proceeds, bringing the total for the year to $17.1 billion, including the net cash received from the divestment of our share in TNKBP. Full-year organic capital expenditure was $24.6 billion, of which $7.1 billion was in the fourth quarter. Net debt at year-end was $25.2 billion, with gearing of 16.2%, compared to 18.7% a year ago. Our intention remains to keep gearing in a target band of 10-20%, to 20%, while uncertainties remain. Turning to our forward-looking guidance for 2014, the Abu Dhabi onshore concession expiry has an impact on production of around 140,000 barrels of oil equivalent per day. Adjusting for this and the impacts of divestments, we expect full-year underlying production in 2014 to increase compared with 2013, with reported production being lower due to these effects. The actual reported outcome will depend on the exact timing of project startups, divestments, OPEC quotas, and entitlement impacts. Organic capital expenditure in 2013 was $24.6 billion, and as previously indicated, we expect 2014 capital expenditure to be between $24 and $25 billion. The DD&A charge was $13.5 billion in 2013 and is expected to be around a billion dollars higher in 2014 as production on new projects ramp up. In other business and corporate, the average underlying quarterly charge is expected to be in the range of $400 to $500 million, although this may fluctuate between individual quarters. The effective tax rate for 2014 is expected to be around 35%. We will provide updated rules of thumb for 2014 on our website later this month. Before I hand you back to Bob, I'd like to summarise our overall financial framework. We expect the combination of continued operating cash flow growth and capital discipline to enable us to grow sustainable free cash flow, underpinning progressive dividend growth into the future. We expect to deliver operating cash flow of 30 to $31 billion in 2014 with continued material growth thereafter. 2014 capital expenditure is expected to remain at a similar level to 2013, between 24 and $25 billion. Beyond 2014, we expect annual capital expenditure to be in the range of 24 to $27 billion through to the end of the decade. We will continue to actively manage our portfolio. As previously announced, we plan to divest a further $10 billion of assets before the end of 2015, using post-tax proceeds predominantly for distributions with a bias to share buybacks. And finally, 
We intend to keep gearing within the 10 to 20% band whilst uncertainties remain. Now let me hand you back to Bob. Thank you, Brian. So now I want to walk you through some of the important details of our 2013 performance, and I'll start with safety. These charts show an encouraging trend, which I believe reflects the disciplined approach we're taking to our operations around the globe. Looking first at losses of primary containment, which records even very small releases, 2013 showed a 4% reduction in 2012 when adjusted for divestments, continuing a multi-year improvement. We also track process safety events. The American Petroleum Institute recommended industry metric. In 2013, we saw a 47% reduction in the most serious incidents, known as Tier 1 events, versus 2012, again adjusted for divestments. We also continue to focus on personal safety, and our recordable injury frequency rate remains at levels comparable to or better than industry benchmarks. Safety is at the heart of BP, and it is good business. We are pleased with this progress, but by no means do we take it for granted. Let's move on to our investment in Russia. Rosneft has now completed the initial integration of TNKBP and laid out its strategy for the enlarged company, identifying significant synergies and benefits. Momentum continues to build across Rosneft generally. In 2013, they signed a number of binding agreements for joint ventures and projects with IOC partners. These included unconventional development projects and also Arctic exploration. JV operating companies were established and significant quantities of 2D and 3D seismic were acquired. Rosneft also continued its program of modernization in its downstream business, including upgrades at a number of refineries enabling them to produce premium-grade fuels. Rosneft continued to deliver on their gas strategy as Russia's regulatory and fiscal landscape evolves. This has included the removal of Gazprom's official monopoly on LNG exports. In this area, Rosneft made a number of acquisitions and also finalized a number of long-term LNG supply agreements. The changes to the fiscal terms in Russia have also increased the attractiveness of other opportunities within Rosneft's portfolio. So in summary, it was a significant year for BP in Russia and also for Rosneft. Our unique position in Russia not only makes BP a 3.2 million barrel a day business, it also adds an additional 840 million barrels of oil equivalent to our approved reserve base and opens the way for us to benefit from all of the achievements and progress that Rosneft delivers. More widely, the relationship we have with Rosneft is growing and we believe it will have significant long-term benefits for both Rosneft and BP. Now, let me give you an update on the status of certain Gulf of Mexico-related legal proceedings in the United States. The first phase of the MDL 2179 trial in New Orleans focused on the causes of the accident and the allocation of fault among the defendants. The second phase covered source control and the quantity of oil spilled. Both phases are now complete, with the court yet to rule on either. While the final decision rests with the court, we continue to believe that the evidence in Phase 1 showed that the accident was a result of multiple causes involving multiple parties and that BP was not grossly negligent. 
We believe that phase two of the trial demonstrated that BP mounted an extraordinary response, and we believe it showed BP was neither negligent nor grossly negligent in its efforts. And the government's flow rate estimates are substantially overstated. The penalty phase, in which the court will hear evidence regarding the penalty factors set out in the Clean Water Act, has not yet been scheduled for trial. The U.S. government, BP, and Anadarko will be parties in this phase. Turning to the settlement with the Plaintiff Steering Committee and the issues involving business economic loss, or BEL, claims. As you know, we have been contesting the payment of claims which we believe to be unfounded. BP has been successful in challenging the claims administrator's interpretation of the BEL framework with a panel of the U.S. Fifth Circuit Court. The panel reversed the interpretation. The district court subsequently agreed that revenues and expenses must be properly matched, but failed to correct the practice of issuing awards to claimants whose losses are not traceable to the spill. BP has again appealed to the same panel, requesting a permanent injunction to prevent such improper awards. This panel has agreed to consider these causation issues on an expedited basis. In the meantime, a temporary injunction remains in place for all BEL claims. In a related development, on the 10th of January, a different panel of judges from the Fifth Circuit upheld the validity of the settlement as written. However, it left to the BEL panel the question of how to interpret the agreement, including the meaning of the causation requirements I just mentioned. BP has filed a petition for rehearing of the decision. Separately, former federal judge Louis Fries' independent investigation of the claims facility continues, and we recently received his second written report that describes some of the behavior at the claims program that led to the resignations of senior staff members. We continue to hope that Judge Fries' investigation will lead to steps that ensure public confidence in the integrity of the claims process. And while we continue to pursue litigation challenging the EPA's suspension and debarment decisions, we are also continuing to work towards an administrative agreement to resolve these issues. And finally, I should mention another case, MDL 2185. This is a coordinated proceeding pending in federal court in Texas and includes a purported class action on behalf of the American Depository Shares, or ADS, purchasers under U.S. federal securities law. Plaintiffs have filed a renewed motion following the court's initial rejection of a motion to certify a class. A jury trial on this action is scheduled to begin in October 2014. In summary, we remain determined to pursue fair outcomes in all these proceedings. Importantly, we continue to compartmentalize these activities to avoid distraction, and BP's operating teams remain clearly focused on delivering our strategy. Moving on, let me update you on what we've done in our upstream. It was an outstanding year for exploration, one which really showed the impact of playing to our strengths. In total, we participated in seven potentially commercial discoveries across India, Egypt, Angola, Brazil, and the Gulf of Mexico, making 2013 the most successful year for exploration drilling for almost a decade. This reflected the increased investment we have made in finding oil and gas, with 17 exploration wells being completed around the world in 2013 
and between 15 and 20 planned for 2014. The Lantra oil and gas discovery in the pre-salt layer in offshore Angola, announced by our partners Cobalt in October, was followed by a successful drill stone test in December, demonstrating the excellent quality of the reservoir. The Petrobras-operated Pitu well was confirmed as a discovery in December. This is a successful test of a new play in Brazil's frontier deep water. And also in December, we announced the discovery of the BP-operated Gila well in the deepwater Gulf of Mexico. The Gila discovery was drilled in approximately 4,900 feet of water at a total depth of over 29,000 feet and is BP's third operated discovery in the Paleogene. Moving on to new operations, three projects were brought online in 2013. The Angola LNG project, the first phase of the Atlantis North Expansion, and the North Rankin Phase II project. And I've already mentioned the startup of the Shirag Oil project in Azerbaijan and the Mars B project in the Gulf of Mexico, both of which came online in the last week. We are also on track to deliver four further major project startups in 2014. The Nikika Phase III in the Gulf of Mexico, Canoel in the North Sea, CLOV in Angola, and Sunrise Phase I in Canada. Across the portfolio, we continue to maintain our focus on the safe, reliable execution of activities. In 2013, we achieved a BP-operated plant efficiency of 88%, which was a significant improvement over 2012, and we expect this improving trend to continue as we move through 2014. We successfully completed 20 planned turnarounds, including 12 in our key assets. This represents a reduced level of activity compared to 2011 and 2012. Looking forward, we intend to continue to invest in the reliability of our assets with a steady-state multi-year program, which we expect to require a continued lower level of turnaround activity than in recent years. At the start of the year, we identified 15 wells in key locations as the top wells for production delivery. All of these were successfully drilled by the end of the year, with two remaining to be completed by the end of this month. Delivery of production from new wells in 2013 increased compared to 2012, particularly from some of our key regions, such as Azerbaijan and the North Sea. We expect to continue this trend of improving well delivery, with production from new wells in 2014 forecast to be higher than in 2013. Now, let me update you in more detail on our major projects. Our recent key startups continue to ramp up their production. For example, PSVM in Angola, which started at the end of 2012, reached plateau production of 150,000 barrels of oil per day. In delivering this, our Angola team has started up all four fields that make up the asset and achieved a first-year plant efficiency of 91%. The Shirag Oil and Mars B projects that started up this year represent major new infrastructure developments in significant established oil fields in two of our key regions. Facilities completion on the next four startups in 2014 now exceeds 75%. During the fourth quarter, we reached several key milestones towards the delivery of these projects. On the Kika Phase Three in the Gulf of Mexico, we completed the subsea construction and drilled two wells with completion now underway, and expect well startup in the first quarter. We also began commissioning of Canoel in the North Sea, 
While on Sunrise Phase 1 in Canada, the initial 55 well pairs were completed ahead of schedule. Most recently, the Clove FPSO left the Pinell shipyard in Angola on the 20th of January to start the offshore hookup and commissioning campaign. Our 2012 to 2014 startups bring high-margin production online and will, on average, deliver twice the operating cash margin of the upstream portfolio that we held in 2011. Looking to our next wave of developments, we sanctioned two significant projects in the fourth quarter of 2013, which we expect to deliver value for BP for decades to come. Chardonnay Stage 2 and its associated Southern Corridor pipelines will develop the next phase of this gas field in the Caspian, connecting it directly to European markets. 16 billion cubic meters per year of natural gas will be carried some 3,500 kilometers to Georgia, Turkey, Greece, Bulgaria, and Italy, while condensate production will increase from 55 to 120,000 barrels per day. Meanwhile, our Kazan project in Oman will see some 300 wells drilled over 15 years, delivering 10 BCMA of gas, which is equivalent to around a third of Oman's total daily gas supply ensuring continued stable supplies from domestic sources. So in summary, this has been a significant year of building momentum in the upstream. We continue to deliver results across access and exploration, projects, wells, and operations. We have, after adjusting for divestments, delivered underlying production growth in every quarter of 2013 when compared to 2012. This has been driven by improving execution of activity through our functional model and a relentless focus on safe and reliable delivery. Now turning to the downstream. In 2013, there were continuing improvements in safety and reliability, as well as delivering several significant milestones. The number of Tier 1 safety events decreased and the business achieved a steady decrease in losses of primary containment and recordable injury frequency. Solomon refining availability was 95.6 for the fourth quarter, which was the highest level for BP since 2004. In 2013, we met several important milestones, primarily focused on the repositioning of our U.S. fuels business. We completed the commissioning of all major units for the Whiting Refinery Modernization Project, finalized the sales of the Texas City and Carson refineries, and started up new units at the Toledo and Cherry Point refineries. We expect these changes to enhance the safety, margin capture, and operating efficiency of our U.S. fuels business, and in turn to provide significant cash generation for the group. Our lubricants business continues to be an important source of revenue growth and returns for the group as it implements its strategy of investment in technology, exposure to growth markets, distinctive global brands, and targeted marketing programs. We're also beginning to implement a program of transformation to improve competitiveness across our mature European businesses. In January, we announced our decision to sell our specialist global aviation turbine oils business. After a careful review of our portfolio, we decided the business would offer more opportunities for other companies wanting to invest in this particular sector. In petrochemicals, we continued construction of a third PTA plant at Zhuhai in the Guangdong province of China, which is on track for completion in late 2014. 
In addition to Zhuhai, we are also retrofitting our existing facilities with our latest PTA technology to improve cost efficiency. We also announced two new breakthrough petrochemical technologies in 2013, Sabre and Hummingbird, which we expect to radically improve the costs of manufacturing the petrochemical feedstocks of acetic acid and the conversion of ethanol to ethylene, respectively. Looking to the future, our focus in the downstream is to leverage our newly upgraded assets, customer relationships, and leading technologies to generate material and growing free cash flow for the group. In 2014, our capital investments are focused on safety, efficiency, and growth markets and aimed at enhancing our advantage portfolio of assets. So I would like to close by summarizing what we've achieved and look to 2014 and beyond. We have talked today about the milestones passed in 2013. These and other recent achievements form the foundations for delivering value into the long term. Our aim is to grow sustainable free cash flow as we continue to build and operate a high-quality portfolio in which we prioritize value over volume. And I think that value is very much the goal to focus on in today's environment. It doesn't look like an easy sector right now, but I believe that you can succeed if you do the right things well. It means continuously reloading our pipeline of opportunities through exploration success, it means making the right investment choices. It means sticking to the capital limits we have set. And it means excellent execution of only the best projects. At the same time, we will continue to actively manage our portfolio to ensure we are playing to our strengths and divesting assets which are not core to delivering long-term value. And we will always make safety and reliability the top priority in all we do. We are confident that our hard work this year keeps us on track to deliver our commitment to growth and operating cash flow in 2014 and beyond. We are strongly committed to our progressive dividend policy, and we look to use surplus cash to enhance distribution to shareholders. We look forward to telling you more about what the journey ahead looks like on the 4th of March. That's the end of our remarks.